welcome back to Success with Style. I'm Rob Giardinelli, and I'm here with my co-host, Lance Avery Morgan, and today we are continuing our conversation with Ron Davis. Hello. Hey, Ron. Ron Baby, is he likes to be called. Lance he, Baby. He's actually asked us <laughs> to refer to him as Sir Ron Baby. Sir you Ron know, Baby? It's like, yeah, like it's the OBE or something. Okay. That's, that's my birth name. I bet it's Sir Ron <laughs> <laughs> But um, uh, will you be here all night? Yeah, tip your waitress. Try the veal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we were talking about all things awesome, all things Ron, and we were talking about style, style in LA, and mm-hmm. we were, you know, let's talk about style in LA and what you think of LA style, being a Texan. I think LA is on. I think it's on fire right now in terms of fashion, uh, and I'll tell you why. El Fuego. El, El Fuego. Yes, it's strong on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of a lot of the modeling agencies and the publishers have moved to Los Angeles, and so whereas twenty twenty five years ago, it was it, the fashion industry was it, the American fashion industry was centered in New York. Not anymore, not to the extent that it was. I think it's definitely Los Angeles now. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think's caused that shift? I think LA is a global city now, and uh, there are a lot of factors. Uh, that go into that, but one of them is that New York is so expensive now that it's not attracting the young artistic class. It's not attracting people um, who would have to struggle mightily to live there. It's right. a, it's a hard place to struggle. LA is a lot easier. Well, it's prettier if you're broke. You could at least have good weather. Yeah, you know, might not time. be able to pay your rent, but hey, it's right. sunny. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's sunny, and, and you can go. You can go pick an orange off of someone else's tree to live on. <laughs> I guess. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I think L.A. is on fire. You know, we do all of our photo shoots in L.A. Yeah. because the talent is there. Uh-huh. The clothes are there. The girls are there. The photographers are there. It's, you know, and it has that. I think it aligns with Texas as far as a point of view. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Southern California and Austin in particular have a same the same kind of vibe, which made to our earlier program we were talking about the to the prior podcast. We were talking about adjusting from Texas to L.A. and the mm-hmm. similarities and all that. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Um. So I read something interesting about the state of Texas recently because I've always been, my point of view has always been that uh, Texas is its own animal, but it is equal parts Southern, Western, and Mexican. It's I completely agree with all that sentiment. of those influences. Um, but Texan and w- Texas, whereas before it looked to the South for its identity, it's now looking to the West for its identity. And so I think there is definitely a, a symbiosis between uh, a place like Austin, uh, and a place like L.A. where young, creative people go to do their thing and to make their mark and to get ahead. And um, and they're both sort of wide-open, sunny places. It's not a surprise that people would want to live in either place. They have, a, they have great creative communities. They have a lot to do outdoors. And they're relatively affordable. Uh, so Los Angeles has traditionally, I think, attracted a lot of people from Texas because the cultural shift between if you're if you're even if you're a small town Texan and you're trying to choose and you, you want to go far and away. Right. Once you grow up, if you're trying to choose between Los Angeles and New York, I think L.A. wins hands down because it's perceived as being uh, a little more culturally similar to Texas than New York would be. Do you think that people, because when we were growing up and in Texas, the only way to really get major market experience was to move away, sure. right? So it was either LA or New York or DC, which mm-hmm. is LA for ho- ugly people. And <laughs> um, I mean, Hollywood for ugly people, excuse me. <laughs> Hollywood is a, an industry. I take it this podcast does not air in the DC area. Uh, yes. Yeah, we have fans everywhere. Yes, oh, we do. Yeah, oh, Capitol okay. Hill and beyond. 
Um, but you know, you don't really have to do that anymore. No, do you, think you don't. You can kind of DIY your career wherever you are. So, but speak to us about the attractiveness of working in a major market and working with talent and creativity that a major market attracts. Well, I think you, I think to work with people who are at the top of their game definitely makes you better at what you do. And it really doesn't matter what your industry is or what it is that you want to do. If you're working with people who are working at 100% of their capacity, um, you're going to improve by leaps and bounds at what you want to do. Also, uh, just in terms of resume writing, mm-hmm. um, right. if you have worked on a number of big projects with people who are known nationally, globally, um, you can write your own ticket no matter where you go. Yeah, I completely agree. Definitely with adds that. the Absolutely. cachet. Of yeah, that, right. You yeah. know what? What was a project in your career where everyone really kind of operated at that high of a level and really elevated your own professional point of view? Okay, so it was. You'll laugh at this, but it was a small show that actually only lasted two seasons. It was on a cable network, and it didn't do too well. Um, but I loved it because the people I worked with uh, were so talented and so bright, and we tried to do something. Uh, we tried to do something unique and different in in a genre. It it didn't catch on fire for reasons that I don't think had anything to do with uh, what we were doing on the show, but the way the network had scheduled it. Okay. Um, it was a History Channel show. Um, Interesting. Yeah, okay. called Down East Dickering. And when I signed on for this and I looked at the footage the first time, I thought, good Lord, what have I got myself into? Um, it was uh, about a bunch of sort of long-haired backwoods guys in Maine who swapped junk for a living interesting okay. and it wouldn't be the kind of thing that on paper that would have ever interested me uh but uh, a good friend of mine was running that show and um asked me to come on board and i did and i wound up falling in love with it and the people on the staff were just hilarious and we took this we made this a very weird little show uh we were using classical music interludes these big, long-haired guys who look like Grizzly Adams sawing lumber out in the woods. <laughs> and we had the Ride Tube of the Valkyries playing behind them. <laughs> so and, 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 we, and we wrote these long monologues. The, the entire show was narrated by one of our cast members who had this very thick sort of... I'm not doing it well, but... <laughs> he did a kind of mean accent that I can't do very well. But he, he, uh, um, we had him narrate the whole thing because he sounded so unique and different. And in America anymore, it's hard to find people who sound unique and different. Every, you know, accents are sort of They vanishing. all sound like they're from they Ohio. Really are. Yeah. It's the Ohio yeah. newscaster accent. Everybody right? has that yeah. neutral American accent. Yeah. So, uh, uh, But we had him narrate the whole thing, and we would write these lengthy monologues for him in the beginning. And it was funny. It was a weird little show. It was just very surreal. And it developed a very rabid fan base. So we were uh, we were brought back for another season. We were renewed and brought back for another season. And, and the History Channel, in its, <laughs> in its infinite wisdom, uh, decided to schedule our premiere, I think, the day before Thanksgiving. Mm. Oh. And then we began, they began airing our episodes during the holiday season between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve. And sometimes we were preempted. And consequently, we just didn't get good ratings, and we didn't go. And that sounds like an odd show to have, to have hung my hat on, but I just loved doing it. And I've had a few other shows like that that were small shows, but because of the people I worked with and because of the circumstances for me personally on right. the show, uh, wound up just being really great professional experiences. And sometimes the best shows, sometimes the shows that get uh, that might get a lot of critical notice or get great ratings are really hard to work on. I and, don't doubt that and for a are, second. are nightmarish for the people working on them. And 
So that doesn't attract me as much as a show that's a good working experience for me personally. And on that note, you know, because every career has ebbs and flows, mm -hmm. and you've talked about some high points. Give us an example of a low point and what that looked like and felt like experiencing. Oh, gosh. You know, there have been a few. I've been at this for a long time, and there have been a few, and I've had disappointments. Uh, eight decades <laughs> of work. Only eight. eight decades of content that Ron Davis and, has and, produced. And yet Lance Avery Morgan is still 30 years older than I am. Uh, I don't know how you're still doing this. But I'm bump. Talk about that reality show, Shade. We've got it right here, people. Well, let's, okay, well, let's do a quick interlude before we talk about the tragedy that became Ron Davis. Let's talk about, you know, you and I worked together because you thought that there might be a fun set of potentials in a sizzle reel that we, we put oh, together. Oh, God, yeah, that was fun. For our magazine, the Brilliant Magazine, back in the day. and That would have been wonderful. It would have been great. Yeah. And, you know, there still hasn't been a reality show about a magazine, so... Well, there aren't that many magazines I anymore. Know. I know. And, 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 and uh, yeah, I think that would be... Because Karen, can, I, can, I, can I just yeah. peel back the curtain for your audience? Absolutely. So, um, I've known and Lance... peel a banana while you're at it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, just don't slip on it. Yeah. <laughs> so knowing Lance as long as I have, um, I had long thought that he would be a fantastic character for a reality show because he's bright and intelligent and funny and, 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 and of course, uh, a delightful fame whore. Yes, and that's what you want out of it. Uh, where does devilishly handsome fit into that? Yeah, I, I meant to say, yes, gotcha. rakishly <laughs> intriguing. Uh, uh, but I had thought that Lance would be, make a fantastic reality show character. And uh, in his prior... He was running his prior magazine, and I was always sort of fascinated by the struggles that he had um, with that magazine because Lance was very, very passionate about keeping that magazine going. That was uh, his identity, and that was what he wanted to do in the world, and yet he was really tilting at windmills to make that happen. And so uh, we put together a sizzle reel. We, we, we shot Lance at work. We shot Lance with his staff. We shot Lance... Uh, uh, with his investors, and we got a lot of funny, funny material. I think Lance probably thought it didn't look like him at all, uh, but it was funny. I would like if you turn the volume up without any sound, and you would play me saying something. I'd be like, "Yeah, I didn't say that." <laughs> <laughs> How could that have gotten on tape with my mouth moving to the same elements as what I said? When that's nothing that would come out of my mouth. It was okay, crazy. So drama is conflict, and when that's you're right. and doing I'm conflict free, right? And and you're in general you're conflict free, and yeah. we had to sort of change that because that wouldn't have sold, and conflict definitely would have sold. And in fact, when we got this, we got this sizzle reel together. It was hilarious. And a number of networks were very interested in it, and uh, with a little well, more time. You're well, no, kind. no, it's very true. And with a, with a little more time and effort, I'm, I think we could have gotten Lance off the ground. But uh, but then that magazine. Well, that's when the Great Recession hit. The Great Recession right? hit, where I was seeing dead bodies floating all around <laughs> me <laughs> that I was trying to climb onto to save my own self. Quite frankly, and I know it was, it was a tough time in the I, country. A very hard time for you, particularly. Well, the, the, yeah. mag the magazine was defunct, and there we we, we yeah. couldn't do anything about it. And yeah. I think Lance turned his attention to so other creative endeavors. 2010, that I yeah. started another magazine. Yeah, yeah, that's doing quite well. Yeah, so maybe we'll do that sometime. So I again, but, let me. But tell you the still world. have to be abusive to your staff on camera, Lance. There's no getting around it. <laughs> and what was so funny? Or is snatch somebody's weave in the parking lot. <laughs> that would you be can do fun. It. And what's so funny is that I would say, you know, uh, most people would say I'm a pretty fun boss. It's pretty easy going. You know, there's no, to me, I've always thought there's no wrong idea. There's only ideas that aren't formed enough. 
So that's how I've treated my staff and certainly young women and young men who I've mentored and who I've, who mean a lot to me still to this day. I would see this stuff and be like, I would never say that to well, another human being, they much didn't, less an employee. They didn't seem to think you were so fun when they were running out of the room crying. That's right. That you made them. <laughs> yes. Because Ron would like put mercury in their eyes to make them cry. It was well, totally manipulated. And, and the, to the extent that you were, you were such a good boss. I mean, people, there was one former person who worked for you who really said the most lovely posts about Lance on social media. Like you really oh. were. I mean, it, it blows my mind to see how many people who used to work for him and even some who only worked for him, you know, as an intern for maybe a month or two who still come up to him to this day and thank, thank him for being such a great boss. Oh, that's it's very really, oh, that's But nice. it's true. Very I mean, nice. it happens routinely. Well, they're still drunk. So that's how that is. <laughs> and, I, and then maybe buy them beer. Stockholm every, syndrome. Stockholm yeah. syndrome. <laughs> right. The world's largest group of Stockholm syndrome people, right? But really, it's all about Ron Davis and his creativity yeah. and having a vision. So I think it's, to me, Ron, your vision of television and how it can be, and it, you know, it just sort of reforms with every project that you're on. It does. It does. And I'm, I'm not ready for the scrap heap yet. I, I, I have projects in mind that I would like to do that haven't been done yet and, uh, and a few mountains that I have not climbed myself yet. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done. I only look done. <laughs> Turn him over. He's done. <laughs> okay. So my next question, if you'll indulge me, is that um, what in what on your resume? And your resume is what ten, twelve pages with all your projects, and that's that's condensed, right? I mean, that's just that's a snapshot. That's a brief snapshot. Tell us something about you that's not on your resume that someone may not understand or know about you. Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, I'm, I'm really thin-skinned and sensitive. I, I really am. I, 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 I am a, I'm a total powder puff. Newsflash! Everyone be. knows that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think in fact I wrapped you in like crime scene tape one time because you're so sensitive. <laughs> I'm a little China doll, yes. <laughs> a little porcelain figure. It's true. Well, you have to have a really thick skin to work in TV. And I, I, I've, of, I've often thought that, thought that that was one of the things that I was missing. Um, and I'm, <laughs> uh, if, if I had that, maybe I, would, maybe I would own the city of Los Angeles at this You'd point. You'd be but running two studios. I'd be running two studios, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't. I'm sensitive, and I, I, don't like, I don't like mean people, and I don't like people who scream. And even though TV traffic's in that, I don't think workplaces should be run like do that. You, do you think growing up in Texas has a lot to do with that? Because sure. people really go out of their way in Texas to really be friendly to everybody. Well, that's, that's, those are Texas Southern roots. There's talking. a large, yeah. there's a largesse certainly professionally yeah. uh -huh. that I think we're raised with, and and other markets may not have that, right? Right. I mean, kind of. That's. But you say you say sensitive. I I read that as integrity. Uh, well, thank you. I'd like to think so too. Yeah. Uh, 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 I definitely think cutthroat behavior is not as openly tolerated in Texas as it is in other places. Um, it's a it's a polite society generally here, uh, particularly in the workplace. Not so much in other places. Right. And, and that was an adjustment for me many years ago. I had to deal with people who sounded harsher than I was used to. Um, and you get used to it. But it's when, when you're growing up where people are generally nice right. and, and, and kind and polite and friendly, uh, it's hard to go into an environment where that's not always the case. 
And so I thought that what was not on your resume was juggling. So this is all <laughs> this is all news to me. All news to me. Newsflash. All right. So our next question is, is all right. So you've spent you know you've spent a good amount of time in L.A. What's your tell us about your all time favorite celebrity encounter? Ooh, my all-time favorite celebrity encounter. In bed. Actually, it's just like reading the fortune <laughs> You read the fortune and you end it with in, in bed. bed. Yeah. Okay, so my all-time favorite celebrity encounter actually took place in Austin. Really? And it was oh. before I ever moved to L.A. Yeah, so uh, my dad was a golfer, and he was uh, playing in a tournament. And Willie Nelson was part of the tournament. And I was then, am now, and still remain a passionate Willie Nelson fan. So I took the day off. I was in UT. And I took the day off, and I went with a buddy of mine, and we went down to the Onion Creek Golf Course. That's the Legends of yeah. Golf Tournament. Yes. Yes. No, yes. Very, I was at the very first one. And wow. Willie was there. Yeah. He was playing, and I had a program with me, and I was determined to get Willie Nelson's autograph. And every time he walked by, he walked by too fast, and I couldn't, I couldn't swoop in and get his autograph. I couldn't do it, couldn't do it. But I had told all of my dorm mates that I would come back with Willie Nelson's autograph. So I took a pen. And I wrote, <laughs> to Ron, great meeting you best, Willie Nelson, on my program, and promptly forgot about it, remained at, the, remained at the tournament, and then suddenly, there's Willie Nelson in front of me, and I'm talking to him, and he, he couldn't have been nicer, and I asked him if he would autograph my program, and I, he said, sure, and I gave him my program, and he looked at it, looked up at me, and he said, well, son, it looks like I've already signed it. <laughs> <laughs> So being a liar can pay off. <laughs> Apparently that's so. The, that's the take-home message. Being a liar <laughs> and um, a con artist kind of has worked for Ron Davis. Uh, listen, <laughs> Ron means grifter in Greek. Yes, it yes, does. Yes, it does. Yeah, the Greeks have a word for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's been dozens, and that's just per week with you, of celebrity encounters, and you've had a great opportunity to work with so many great people mm -hmm. who are bold-faced names, as we say in the media business. And yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I've been, I've, I've been very lucky. And... Uh, uh, and slept it, with many of them. Oh, God. Too many. Reams. Yeah. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no no comment there. No comment there. So um, no Scotty Bauer stories. And that's the Legend of Scotty um, documentary that's out, coming right. out about yeah. the... Which, by the way, everybody who's interested in Hollywood lore should see it as soon as they possibly can. Yeah. Uh, just to uh, see your interview about it. It's just, <laughs> just your talking head interview about the great days. Scotty, of, uh, Scotty was done procuring long before I hit puberty. So, uh, uh, yes, that did not apply to me. That did not apply to me, but it's a great story. It really is. Yeah. So here's my next question. Yeah. What would someone who doesn't like you say about you? I would think they probably wouldn't say anything about me. I would hope they wouldn't think that that's, oh gosh. It's a tough one. That is a tough question. What would they say about me if they didn't like me? Uh, that you work too hard? They, yes. <laughs> y yes, Mr. Human <laughs> they, Resources I don't like person. Ron. I don't like Ron because he's too handsome. He throws himself into his work yes. too much. Yes, he's too passionate about the people <laughs> around him. He gives too much of himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just relentlessly selfless, and that's hard to be around. No, I don't know what people would say about me okay. if they didn't like me. They, I, they, I, uh, who knows? They might say I like to talk about myself too much, but sometimes, as we can see today, that comes in handy. It does come in handy. Yeah. All right. For the airwaves. So, yeah. So let's talk about celebrity style. Yes. We just talked about celebrities that you've 
worked with and slept with and mostly <laughs> slept with. Right. And uh, let's talk about celebrity style. Who's out there now whose style you really, really like and would say, yeah, you know what? I'd wear that or I'd, I can pull that off. Anyone these days that, um, okay. So by? I always look at what John Hamm is wearing. Okay. I always and 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 John I have Hamm to remember Mad, Mad Men, right? Yeah. yeah. I have to remember that he's not Don Draper and he doesn't dress in that fabulous mid-century couture that he wore on the show, but I think he has kind of a nice sense of style when yeah. I see him out in public. Uh, that's a really good question. I see bits and pieces of style in LA all the time and I think you can sort of cherry pick what you like and and discard what you don't, but the interesting thing to me about about living in 2018 is there is no real there is no real there are no rules there no, are no none. rules there yeah. are no fashion rules you can wear yeah. whatever you want to right. and i don't think things changed as dramatically as they once did you can look at pictures of people from 10 years ago 20 years ago and if you don't know them and it's exactly. hard to tell what year it is right yeah and okay. we've really gotten to that point whereas the 70s was distinct the 80s was distinct sure. the first half of the 90s for sure was distinct and so well yeah. sure and look at look at 1958 as opposed to 1968 yeah, I people know. couldn't look more different true uh, the marvelous mrs Maisel. yeah yes. it's a good show yeah, it's a really, really good show, show. incredible yeah. show all right so let me ask you this then so um, okay let's we is there any trend that you don't want to see come back that you bought into from a style standpoint yes I, I think acid wash jeans need to be relegated to the dustbin of history. I, uh, uh, I do not like, um, I do not like uh, uh, mullets. They can go away. I, I, I hear shoulder pads are staging a comeback. I wish somebody would lock yeah, them out. Back, they yeah. didn't look good back then on these women. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, fashion comes and goes. Uh, I don't think men necessarily look good in skinny jeans because you need a certain kind of body. You need a good skinny fit body to pull that off. And a lot of men wearing skinny jeans do not possess mm -hmm. that kind of body. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't look good on them. And, and I don't think people want to look like they've been like they're in a sausage casing and they're going to see pictures of themselves years from now and be a little bit embarrassed. Yeah. And here's the thing with social media now, they live forever. Yeah. It, it's, it's not like, you know, I wore that bad outfit and didn't get photographed like it was 20 years ago it's it's out there for everyone to see and everyone takes a photo of pretty much every experience that they do so with the skinny jeans is that why you tripped over your bell bottoms walking into the <laughs> studio today right because they're so fashion flary wide-legged well you didn't even notice those were your bell bottoms that you loaned me last time i, I was appreciate in town the, the elephant bells <laughs> well i'm curious what would you think lance what is what is the fashion trend you do not want to see come back you know what i don't want to see and i was just asked this recently in the mm -hmm. profile thing it, it's the 90s overly big shoulder look because, mm -hmm. I mean, my shoulders got stuck in a few doorways because they were they were padded and I would have them padded even more by my tailor to give it that Armani look. And it just looked ridiculous yeah. because I was, you know, 6'1", 140 pounds. Right. So it's like I was yeah. wearing something by Omar, <laughs> the tent maker. Not a great look, but everyone around you me probably, had that. And you look like you look like Carol Burnett playing Scarlett O'Hara exactly. with the wind. Yeah. I saw it hanging in the window right. and I just had to have it. Gone right. with the curtain rod. I'm telling you, it is just murder. OK, we're 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 going to wrap up here. No, soon, yes, say it ain't I so, know, it is so. Oh, this has been fun. This has been but, fun. Thank you for having well, me. But before we go, we've yes. got one more question, and that is what advice would you give to somebody who wants to start in the entertainment industry today? Uh, I would say think twice. 
it is a very rough industry, uh, um, and there will be fallow times. There will be times when you are not working as much as you should or you want to or you need to, and that has nothing to do with your talents, and it has nothing to do with anything you have control over. Very often it's just the way the industry is going, the hiring season is going. Uh, uh, maybe the person who usually hired you at the network is no longer there. That kind of, I've seen production companies go under for that reason. Uh, I would advise anybody who wanted to work in the entertainment industry to have a backup. It would be fantastic to have several different revenue streams at one time. If you want to be a makeup artist in the entertainment industry, maybe one of the first things you should do is invest in an apartment building. And that sounds outrageous, but then you buy have real a, estate. Yeah, yeah, you have you have a continuous source of revenue coming in, and you don't have to rely on what may be a sporadic income. Um, so you better be prepared for some serious ups and downs. And I would say to start young when you don't have a lot of obligations and ties and bills, uh, it's a lot harder to do when you're when you're older and you have kids. I have friends now who have kids who are going into college, and and if they're not doing well, it's right. a it's a real issue for them. Yeah. So you have to have thick skin. You have to you you have to be you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared for rejection. You have to be prepared for times when you're not working, and those that can be difficult. That can be really difficult. So I would say to ask. I would encourage anybody who wanted to do this to ask themselves a number of times if this is seriously what they want to do. How badly and do they want it? How badly do you want it? Is yeah. there nothing else you can do out there? Is your mind going to change in five years? Is this, going to, is this not going to be very interesting to you in five years? Um, because if it's not interesting to you and you still have to find yourself doing it because that's what's on your resume, you're going to be very unhappy. So it's very important that somebody is dedicated to the idea of doing this and also that they know that, it, that there are going to be serious ups and downs in their professional world. Um, and yes, I would encourage anybody to have a, a secondary source of income if they wanted to do something like this. Mary well. Very well, yeah. yeah. No, Mary well. Oh, Mary well. And Mary well. Mary well. Mary. Very, very well, Mary well. Get Mary, a trust fund. Mary exactly. well and rich and yeah, be more of the trust fund. That's the best way. And also someone said it's better to be asked to Hollywood, right? Yes. To be asked to come to Hollywood yes. or a project or an endeavor than to go there on your own. But you know what? Hey, it's always a crapshoot. Life's a crapshoot. And you have proven that success is stylish and style is successful. Oh, start. We, <laughs> we were so glad to have you. And hopefully you will, we did not scare you off and you will no, come back. We Wonderful come back. to be here. Be Absolutely. So Absolutely. We'll, we'll pour more champagne next time. Oh, yay. Yeah. We love that. World's greatest sandwich, you'd like to say. That's right. So this is this is um, Lance Avery Morgan and Rob Giardinelli signing off with success for success with style and it's just reminding you that great style starts with having a point of view have a great day bye y'all